are so thankful for the grace, the mercy, the compassion that our God uh, gives to us. And we are so glad that his love reaches us. Amen. If you're glad about that, let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We thank God for his awesome love that reaches us. There's no love like the love of our God, and we're so thankful for it. Uh, great to see you in the sanctuary. We want to welcome you into the sanctuary. We want to welcome those of you who are viewing us via live stream. We are glad that you chose to worship with us on this first day of November, this first Sunday of the month. Uh, it's always a delight to be able to just give God the glory that he so richly deserves. There's no God like our God. And so we want to thank you for that. Uh, before we dive into the text this morning, a couple things I just want to reiterate and remind everybody, please don't forget the code drive. We want you to participate with the code drive. This is part of our outreach effort, and so we want to make certain that we at least get about 300 coats. Uh, that's something we can easily do impact, and I want to make certain that we get that done. We get it done. We're always, already on our way, and if you can't bring a new coat, or very gently, let me use that word uh, with, with a probably slam effect instead of the gentle effect, uh, gently use coat. Uh, write a check, and we're going to have someone who will purchase uh, some coats so we can assist these young people uh, to make certain they have coats for the winter uh, as part of our outreach effort. And so we want to make certain that we participate with that. Also, Impact, I want to make certain that we are praying for the Robinson family. Beverly lost her father. I've been praying for him on the prayer line, but uh, just in case, I want to make certain if you're not on the line, we want to pray for the family. She lost her dad. That was a message I received. And so we want to pray for them. Pray that God would just offer his comfort as only he can in the context of loss. And we want to just pray also for the Impact Church family and just for uh, the world over, but especially locally. We know there are a lot of people uh, due to some situation with COVID. A lot of people, jobs are at peril. And we want to pray that God would sustain our economy, sustain people's employment. And the people be able to just go forth in the strength of the Lord. We know God is able to provide. And so we know that God is there. He's on the throne. And so we want to make certain that we do that. Uh, just lift one another up and let's continue to pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. That's better. It seemed like y'all was like, let's slow there. Probably y'all was out late last night. Uh, COVID's keeping us here, huh? But anyway, I want to do that. Let me say this. Let me pause and do this today. Let me say, and I'm going to do it next service, uh, the first service next week. I want to say, uh, I know October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And so today there has been a, some appreciation for me. And I want to say thank you to everybody uh, for your love, your kind words, and uh, everything you've done for me. I truly want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly appreciate you uh, being kind to me, Pastor Appreciation Month. And I hope it goes into November where you be kind. And I appreciate all of that. Uh, and I don't get any ugly emails, ugly texts. So please continue to be kind. I truly want to say thank you. I appreciate Impact. You're, you're so gracious, and I appreciate the service, everyone, uh, everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly mean that from the heart. Amen. So today we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Um, that's our text for today. And you know how we do it every Sunday. I ask you this. I want to remind you. And the reason why I remind you because I want to challenge you always to seek to make God known, make his word known. And so we ask you to post out on your social media platforms to also text to your friends a Bible verse, a quote, a fact, something from the service. Send it. I know you have friends. I know kids. I see you with your phones even already probably pulling up the text. Hey, we want you sending that stuff out. Send it to your friends. The Bible verse. Let them know. Hey, I was in church. We read Deuteronomy before. What do you think about it? Send these things out. These are ways to engage people with the word of God. 
Uh, and it's easy. It's easy. And so we want you to send the word of God to your friends. And today we're going to be talking about thankfulness, remembering the source. Thankfulness, remembering the source. Out of Deuteronomy chapter 4, that's going to be our text. And so we want to make certain that we're getting the word of God out. All of us have an opportunity and occasion to do this, and it's imperative that we do it because all of us have friends, family, loved ones, someone that we can get the word out to, and I want to make certain that we get that done. Sounds good? Deuteronomy chapter 4 is our text for today. Uh, would you please stand in reverence of the reading of God's word? Uh, I see this as a joyous, joyous opportunity and occasion to be able to stand and read God's word. Uh, when we come to the church, we want it to be a time where we enjoy we see family and friends and people we haven't seen, and it's a great opportunity just to fellowship. And so, hey, we want to stand out of reverence of God's word, the infallible, the inerrant word of God that's uh, profitable for correction, instruction and in righteousness and holiness. And so we are going to read the first nine verses out of Deuteronomy. And by the way, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, New American Standard Version of the Bible. Now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who followed Baal Peor, the Lord your God, has destroyed them from among you. But you who have fast to the Lord your God are alive today every one of you see I have taught you statutes and judgments just as the Lord your God commanded me that you should do this in the land where you are entering to possess it so keep and do them for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people who will hear all these statutes and say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people for what great nation is there that has a God so near it is as is the Lord our God? Whenever we call on him, or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. You may be seated. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you, Lord God, as we look in your word today, that you will guide us, direct us. We want to receive from you. Lord God, we open our hearts to you. We open our hands to you. Because, Lord, we want you to pour out upon us a blessing. We, Father, want to hear and receive from you, God, all that you have for us, that we may bring more glory and honor to you. And Father, we ask it all in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. March 1836, the site was the Alamo. That was the site where Texas sought to succeed to break away from Mexico. About 197 individuals held up at the Alamo and there were three individuals who were pretty well known who were there as well. William Travis, Davy Crockett and Jim Bowie were there and they were part of the resistance, 
part of the individuals who wanted to withdraw and be apart from Mexico. They were called the rebels because they wanted to break away from the grip of Mexico. And so they were held up there at the Alamo, March 1836. As they were trying to break away, there were other individuals, none other than General and the President of Mexico, Santa Ana, who wanted to quell the rebellion, who wanted to make certain that these individuals would not take Texas away from Mexico, that land. And so as a result, he brought his army against those rebels. He gave them the charge, surrender, come out, or on the pains of death, you're going to die. He had at least 1,800 plus soldiers surrounding this group of men at the Alamo, only 197 individuals. But those individuals refused to come out and surrender. They refused to give up. They decided they were going to fight, even if it meant the loss of their lives. These men fought, and sure enough, they lost. And the ones who didn't die in the fight, the ones who remained alive, General Santa Ana executed them. They lost their lives fighting for that cause. They lost their lives. And to a man, everyone was executed and killed at that battle. As a result of that, it caused so many individuals to coalesce behind a common theme because they saw it as a moral cause that they would get behind. And they had the phrase that they would always chant after that. And it was none other than, remember the Alamo. They would say it, remember the Alamo. In their fight for independence from Mexico, they would chant, remember the Alamo, because it was a battle cry. It was a reminder that so many people had lost their lives fighting for the succession to be independent. And they wanted people to be reminded of the lives that was lost, the cost that was paid, the sacrifice, the shed blood, the carnage, everything that happened, that it would be a permanent reminder of the need to fight, the need to stand, the need to have this resistance. It was something that was indelibly marked on the minds and hearts of so many people. In Texas. The book of Deuteronomy. Moses is going to give. A sounding reminder to these people. Who are on the precipice of the promised land. The book of Deuteronomy is the second stating of the law. That Moses had given them. And you have to understand when you get to the book of Deuteronomy. This is now 1405 B.C. This is 40 years after their exodus from the land of Egypt. They had left in 1446, stopped at the foot of Mount Sinai for a year, received the law, and then they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. 
40 years to make an 11 day journey. And so now they are at the precipice of the promised land. Everyone above 21 has died. And Moses paused to give them a reaccounting, a reminder. He wants them to remember what has happened. Moses, now you have to understand, is 120 years old. He's an old man. And so Moses now wants to tell them the importance, the significance of where they are going. And he wants to tell them some things that they need to make certain that they don't forget. He's going to tell them this because we have the tendency once we have walked with God, once we have advanced in years, we have a tendency to gain amnesia. We forget some of the things that happened in our lives previously. And as we get older, we forget some of the things that we have done, some of the things that have happened, even some of God's grace and mercy he applied to us. We forget it. And Moses knew that this could also happen to this new generation who was embarking on the promised land, who was going to go into a land and receive houses that they didn't build drink from cisterns that they didn't dig, eat the fruit of trees that they didn't plant. And he says, when you go into this land and you are the recipient of all of these blessings, he says, I don't want you to forget the source of your blessing. This is what Deuteronomy is about. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is going to come in and he is going to tell them these things. It's the restating of the law. Moses is not focusing on the priests to challenge them. He's not focusing on necessarily the administrative people, the official. He's focusing on the citizens, the lay people. And he's going to tell them that they are to believe and obey if they desire to receive the favor, the blessings, and the presence and power of God in their lives. In impact, I want to challenge you today and remind you that I want to let you know if we really want to receive all that God has for us, that we're going to have to Remember that we must believe and obey all that God has commanded us that we should do. Deuteronomy 4.1. The book of Deuteronomy here in this section, you're going to see that 177 times he says, do, keep, and observe. Over 177 times. Why is that important? Because he's emphasizing what the people should do, keep, and observe. But then 50 times he used the Hebrew term Shammai, which means to hear. He says, you need to hear, you need to keep, do, and observe. He said, this is something that's imperative. You need to do these things so you will remember that the Baals didn't bless you, Ray didn't bless you, none of the sun gods bless you, The Egyptian, it was God himself 
who blessed you and provided for you. And I don't want you to forget it. He says, you need to remember the source of your blessing. We are here in the month of November and we are embarking on going toward Thanksgiving. And as we are on our way toward Thanksgiving, I want you to be reminded of why we are thankful. And we see this coming out of the book of Deuteronomy. And Moses is here and he's trying to get them to see this and he wants them to comprehend and understand what is going on because he knows what could happen when they get to the promised land. And in fact, I want to challenge you this morning with the same thing. It's important as believers that we have moments whereby we pause, we look back and we reflect and we remember that it is God who has been the source of all of our blessings. He is not a resource. He is not a potential resource. He is not one of many sources. He's not our network. He is the source. It all begins. It all ends. It emanates with God. He is the one who produces and places us providentially in places to be the recipient of all the blessings that he gives to us. It is our God. So Moses tells them, he says, I want you to remember. That's the theme of the book of Deuteronomy. And I'm certain that Moses at 120 years of age, as he's sitting the people down and he has them before they go into the promised land, he already knows that he's not going into the promised land. But I'm certain that Moses begins to talk to them and as he's sitting there, I can just see him at 120 years of age. I can see the lines from the sun, from the sand, and from the weather, the terrain that he's traveled all those years as he's talking. I can see him as an aged man. I can see him as he is writing and as he's speaking I, I, I can see his finger even tremble a little bit and, and I can see him have to pause occasionally as he begins to recount the history of Israel. Because in the book, he's going to recount some of the things that have happened and remind them of what has happened and what God has done. I'm certain Moses went all the way back to when he was out there on the mountain herding those sheep and he saw the burning bush. That burning bush was symbolic of the presence of God. That burning bush was the occasion where God spoke to Moses and God called Moses out of darkness into his marvelous light. God called Moses into his service and God called Moses and told him, I don't want to hear any excuses because I'm going to use you. I'm going to be the one who will be your strength. I'm going to be the one who is going to give you access and you're going to have to lead my people out of Egypt in bondage. I'm certain that Moses not only talked to them about the burning bush, but he also recounted to them when he first went down with his staff and how that staff turned into a serpent. I'm certain he told them about how that staff is what he used to turn the water into blood. Moses is recounting to them and telling them also all the miraculous signs that God had performed while they were in bondage in Egypt. 
how God used him and his brother Aaron to go before the highest ranking official in the land, Pharaoh, and to give him a message from God on high and how Moses had to be bold as a lion, had to be fierce in the face of so much potential opposition. And Moses is telling them, we performed the miraculous sign and God sealed it with the blood over the doorposts with the Passover. And then Moses probably recounted them, and you all remember when we came out and when God was bringing you out and we got right there at the Red Sea and God paused it. Why did God pause it? Because he wanted to let you know that you were not the one who was causing your deliverance. He allowed Pharaoh to get right there, right up on them, and God paused it, and then God parted the Red Sea, allowed them to go through on dry ground. It was a baptism of epic proportion. There hadn't been a baptism like it before. He baptized the nation and let them go through on dry ground through the Red Sea. Moses recounts all of this to the people. He said, I want you to remember your baptism. I want you to know it and be reminded of it. And he took you on the other side and you worship. You praise God for his deliverance. Moses said, but don't stop there. He said, I want you to remember. Once you got on the other side, he said, you started to hunger. You started to thirst. You started to wonder Who's going to provide for us in the context of a wilderness? But the God of heaven, the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, he gave you manna from heaven. He gave you water from a rock. He made certain your shoes didn't wear out, your clothes didn't wear out. He protected you while you walked and wandered in a wilderness. He said, I don't want you to forget who was the source of all of your blessing when you found yourself in the wilderness. And impact, I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't want you to forget the one who's been blessing you, the one who's been keeping you, the one who's been watching over you, the one who's been giving you a drink, the one who's been feeding you, the one who has been keeping you through it all. It is our God, the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You got to be reminded of it. You got to be reminded of it. Moses is telling them this. Why? He said, because you will have the propensity to forget the source and therefore not be thankful. Moses, y'all got to remember this. He said, because let me tell you, he said, you got to remember that there were many people who didn't make it. There was those of Korah rebellion. There were those who were grumbling and complained. There were those who couldn't show thanks and appreciation. There were some couldn't receive the promises and couldn't receive the blessing that God wanted to give. And impact, I want to know, are you willing to receive the promises of God this morning? Because there were some who died whose bodies are littered on the sands of the wilderness. Carcasses remained weathered by the sun, the wind, and the rain because they refused to believe and receive the promises of God. Moses says, I don't want you to forget. You saw them. You saw the ground open up and consume them. You saw those who were killed. You saw those who died in unbelief. He said, I want to know today, are you going to believe and walk by faith and believe that our God is more than able? Moses says, I want you all to remember all of these things. Why? He said, because if you don't, you will turn away from the true and living God. God 
use Moses to record these things. And the reason why he used him because Moses was the aged sage who had experienced them all. A classic type of Christ. His life paralleled Christ in so many ways. He offered himself that God would take his name out of the, his book if he wouldn't deliver those people after they sinned. He was willing to be a substitute in exchange. And now Moses said, he said, when you get in the land, he said, I want you to remember and don't forget. Point number one, you got to remember that God did so much to make certain that they wouldn't forget that God gave them seasonal reminders of the source. Throughout the Old Testament, you see God had given them some stipulations for them to follow. And he gave them these events so that occasionally when these events would occur, the people would remember God had done so much for them. One of the things God gave them was the first month, the first day was the Passover. The Passover caused them to look back on the redemption of the firstborn that had happened in the book of Exodus. And they were to celebrate it annually, reminding them that God had delivered. God also gave them the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You remember that feast? The Feast of Unleavened Bread was when they were to remove all of the yeast out of their homes. Yeast was symbolic of sin and they were to cleanse their house, get it all out. It was symbolic of them separating from the nations and separating themselves from sin. They were confessing and cleansed, being cleansed of sin. Sin is that word that we don't want to use. Menninger wrote back in the 70s, what happened to sin? Because today we don't want to talk about sin. We want to use every word except sin, transgression and iniquity. A lot of our preaching and teaching, we try to avoid sin because we don't want to convict people and we don't want people to feel the movement of conviction that the Holy Spirit bring over us when we find ourselves in disobedience. And so whenever it's brought up, we try to find ways to redirect, to avoid, to go over and under. But reality is, is that sin is there and God put in a festival to remind the people that you need to cleanse your life of sin. That there need to be an occasion whereby you are conscious that you remove sin out of your life and that you eradicate it because sin is a hindrance. Sin will block. Sin will deny. Sin is a barrier. Sin is something that has to be eradicated because you cannot be the recipient of the blessings of God and hold sin in your hand at the same time. He says, I want you to remember these feasts. The feast of the firstborn. The firstborn was to remind, I'm sorry, the first fruits. The feast, feast of the first fruits was to remind them that when you got that harvest, that God is the one who gave you the harvest. God is the one who gave the former and the latter rains. It was God who made certain that the locusts, the canker worm, the palmer didn't eat your crop. And so as a result of God blessing your crop and your harvest, you are to give the first to God, the best to God, demonstrating your dependence that he is the source who blessed you with everything that you have. And that is why we bring a portion of our offerings to God, because we say, God, you provided, you blessed, and we are giving it back to you. It's a reminder that God is the one who provided. He is the source, and we're thankful for what he's provided. The Feast of uh, Pentecost, the completion of the harvest. But then he had others in here. Two I want to make certain I remind you of. 
the year of atonement, when they would atone for sins, God had them to make certain that they would come and offer sacrifice for the atonement of sin. He wanted to eradicate sin because it was always the barrier that hindered his people. And then the one you can't forget, the Feast of Booths. He wanted them to go and live in tabernacles or booth, temporary structures. God had these feasts and festivals, some that required them to leave their normal dwelling. They were symbolic of a breach from normal everyday life so that you would go away and it would give you the time to reflect and to think about that God has done something great for me. When you're living it in that booth, when you're living it out there in a temporary structure, when you don't have all the amenities and the accoutrements that you have in your normal home, it reminds you, it makes you recognize that somebody has provided and blessed you other than yourself, and you need to give God praise and thank him for all that he has done. Why is this done? Because we in our humanity, we will forget. We will start to believe when we walk into our pantries, when we look into our freezers and refrigerators, we will start to believe that we did it. And so God gave these seasonal reminders of the source. I'm convinced we are going to celebrate Thanksgiving and we're going to celebrate Christmas and these holy days or holidays. But these days have been divinely and providentially put in the hearts of men and women that we would celebrate by a holy God so that we will be reminded that God is the one we need to thank. In fact, number one is so important. Holidays are seasonal reminders of the blessings of God. See, as we are trekking toward Thanksgiving, we need to see this as an occasion and an opportunity to thank God for what he has done. We need to take it as an occasion for us to recognize that God is the one who orchestrated and caused this to come to fruition. It's the time that we can say, Lord, we didn't come up with this. This came from you. It originated in the paramounts of heaven. God, you have implemented and we celebrate it, but we recognize that you deserve thanks for what you have given and what you have done. That's what these holidays are about. See, in Deuteronomy 4.9, he tells them, he says, only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligent so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen. And they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. He says you have to make certain that you don't forget them. They are to be point number two signals for the recipient. See, those of us who've been the recipients of blessings, you have to have signs and signals that point back to the fact that God is the one who did this. I'm convinced when you have your Thanksgiving celebration. When you get your family over. When you have the family, you're standing around the table. You got the turkey, all golden brown, sitting there on the table with the dressing and all that good stuff sitting around it. Cakes, pies, and oh man, let me move on. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry just talking about it. And you're sitting there and looking at the spread on the table. Your family is around. And you're standing up preparing to pray. I know that's how you do. You do like we do. And maybe you go around and you say, I just want everybody to say one thing that they're thankful for. 
See, when you're standing there around that table here in Texas, I don't know if they're going to do it in California, but we're going to do it in Texas. But when you're standing there, you need to recognize that the one who gave you the strength to stand was none other than God. The one who allowed you to get to that house was none other than God. The one who provided the food on the table was none other than God. The one who provided the house, it was God. He's the source of your thanksgiving, and therefore we should be thankful to a holy God for his provisions. Thanksgiving is a signal. These seasonal events are signals to the recipients. And you and I, we had to take this occasion. When you're there, you got to pause and tell the kids, explain to them, let them know God did this. You have to let them know potentially because maybe the house you're in now, maybe it wasn't quite like the house you were in when you grew up. Your house currently might have three, four, maybe five bathrooms, not mentioning bedrooms. And the house you grew up in might have had one maybe. And you need to let them know it wasn't always like this. But God has been good to us. God has blessed us. You have to sit down and remind them that there were some Thanksgiving that you spent and you didn't spend them in a home. You didn't spend them with family. You had to spend them ostracized in shame, in guilt. But goodness of God came down and touched you. God in his mercy and grace took you out of the miry clay. God in his blessing showered them upon you and God has been good. You got to pause and tell them it hadn't always been like this, but God has blessed and he has been good to us. Yes. The kids will be like, well, we've heard this story. I know, but you're going to hear it again. They may can tell it better than you heard, can tell it, but you got to keep repeating it. Why? Because the sons, the grandsons, the daughters, the granddaughters, they need to know the story of that God is the source of all of your blessings. Here it is. Moses is telling them. Because Moses says, let me tell you something. You will forget. Look at 423. I want you to see this verse. Because he tells them, he says. So watch yourselves. See this? Moses keeps coming back and telling him. He says, watch it. Be careful. Watch yourselves. That you do not forget the covenant of the Lord. This agreement, don't forget when God had you at your burning bush, when he called you, when, when he, you were on the backside of the dark side, when God called you, don't forget the covenant when God baptized you, when he washed you and cleansed you. Don't forget the initial agreement you had with God. He said, don't forget that. He made with you. Make for yourselves a graven image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has commanded you. He said, be careful. He said, don't turn to any other idols and worship them. He said, because success has a way of bringing about amnesia. Age, time. He said, if you are not Looking at the signs, you haven't placed 
strategic things in your life that will remind you with time you will forget and you will create these graven images and you will create other things that will be your gods that you will say, this is what blessed me. You will say, I bless me, my intellect, my network, my ingenuity, my savviness, my degrees, my credentials. He says, be careful. Do not allow anything else to be worshipped. That's why fact number two is so important. Christians should intentionally establish signs that offer thanks to God. See, in Joshua chapter four, this is after the book of Deuteronomy. They are there getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses is dead, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua assumes the helm. And now they're on the east side of the Jordan, preparing to go into the land of Canaan. God tells them, he says, I want you all to do something. And I want one person from every tribe. It's 12 tribes. I want one person to get a stone. And I want you to erect these stones to be a monument. They are to be perpetual monuments that are erected. And so when your children, your grandchildren, when the foreigners see those monuments and they say, what's the purpose of that monument? I want you to tell them these are monuments are a sign. They serve as reminders that the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, the one who brought us out of Egypt when we were in bondage, the one who was there sustaining and blessing us while we were there under the tyranny and the boot of the Egyptians, the one when we got ready to come out he had them to pour out a blessing upon us. We didn't have a thing. We were broke. But the Egyptians began to give us silver, began to give us gold. Although we didn't have it, God stirred the hearts of the Egyptian. And he has the wealth of the wicked saved up for the righteous. And it was poured out upon us. And we were recipients of it. And we walked out of there. We came in empty, but we walked out for it because God is truly our provider. And he blessed us. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? That though you may be empty, God can fill you to overflow. God is the one who provides. And you should put monuments that remind you of all the blessings that God has bestowed upon you. Yes, yes. See, Thanksgiving should be an occasion, a time where you can say, Thanksgiving Day is going to be a monument. We're going to talk about what God has done. All his provisions. Because let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you grew up, what you grew up with, with or without, in between. God has a way of taking us through seasons of droughts and he'll put all of us in a wilderness at some point. You better hear me this morning. Oh, God does it. It is part of the prescription that God has prescribed for humanity. God has a way of taking all of us to the wilderness. He takes us to the valley. 
He takes us to the miry clay. He takes us to the pit. He puts us in the fire. He puts us in the prisons of life because he has to make certain that he gets our attention. But the great thing about our God is he brings us out of all of those situations so that we can be thankful and recognize that he is the source. Do you hear me this morning? Yes. Moses says, I don't want you all to forget now. He says, you will forget if you're not careful. He says, so you need a monument. We were talking about the Texas Revolution and what happened in March in 1836. But that wasn't the end of the matter. In April, on April 26, 1836, another battle would happen. And that would happen at San Jacinto. At San Jacinto, the Texan rebels would still be outnumbered. But they had a different leader this time because everyone was killed previously. And it was none other than Sam Houston. Sam Houston would be engaged in a fierce battle against the same general who had victory at the Alamo. The general and president Santa Ana. Santa Ana came against Sam Houston, but Sam Houston got some favor with his strategic military strategies and his ingenuity. He was able to defeat, though in the minority, General Santa Ana at the battle at San Jacinto, and they got the victory. Force. General Santa Ana to surrender, he was killed. And so Texas gained their independence for that next 10 years. And even today, now, if you go to San Jacinto, you will see a monument that has been erected. And that monument is there to remind people of the battle that was fought for the independence. Texas. That monument served as a reminder that people would never forget also what happened at the Alamo. They are reminders to let people know of the blood that was shed, the lives that was lost, the carnage, the weight, the sacrifice, the tears, the heartache, the anguish. But that monument is there. Perched serving as a reminder. As I think about that monument there at San Jacinto, I think about a monument that was greater than the monument at San Jacinto. I think about that cross that was perched out there on Calvary's Hill. I think about the cross that was standing out there that was holding up our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think about that cross that serves Notice on countless people across the world, generation after generation, that cross stand as a monument, as a sign. It is a beacon that let people know that there is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is hope in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. That Jesus is a true one. He is the one that has become the monument of deliverance. And we have to erect him and make him known to countless of people who are lost and steeped in sin. 
Oh, yes. That's the monument. And then we as believers have to erect in our individual lives monuments, things that remind people when we see it, we can point to it. Let me explain this to you. Let me tell you when God stepped in my life, one of the lowest points, I was so low I had to reach up to touch the bottom. But my God, rich in mercy, abundant in grace, compassion and kindness, reached down and delivered me. And I'm thankful for my God because he is the source. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. God's a good God. And he is worthy to be praised. Our impact fact for today is this, and I want you to see it. Establish a time of daily thanksgiving so you would not forget God is the source of all blessings. See, I'm convinced one of the best times to establish this is when your feet hit the floor. When your eyes open up. That is the moment when you should say, Lord, thank you. You are the source of life and breath. You are the one who breathed it into my body. And Lord, I want to begin right now. Lord, thank you. We have to make certain that those around us know that we are thanking our God for his blessings. It's imperative impact that we create a heart of mind of thankfulness because God has been so good to us. Remember, God is the source of all of our blessings. There is none like him, and he is so worthy to be praised. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you, God, how you do all things well. Lord, we don't want to ever forget how you met us. Lord, how you have been there. in the dry, weary, and parched seasons of life. Father, some of us may be there even right now. Uncertainty. Concerns. Worry. But Lord, if you did it in 1445, 1405, Lord, you can do it pray for the sheep of your pasture every person here, every person watching this via live stream I pray Father that you use us strengthen and that we remember all that you've done and be thankful Father for that we give you praise, we love you, we ask it in Jesus name Amen. Will you please stand to your feet this morning? If you're here today, Sarosha, you know what I've heard the challenge you say I haven't placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. If that is you, let me tell you something. Today will be a wonderful day for you to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. If the Spirit of God is moving and tugging at your heart, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Don't let people around you concern you. I don't care if you're an adult or a child. The Spirit of God is touching you and he's leading you. Step to the back of the church if you want to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Just step to the back. 
you don't want to go by yourself, grab them and say, hey, come back here with me. Men and women at the back who want to show you how you can come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also, those of you who are watching via live stream, click the link, fill it out. We want to make certain that we connect with you. We will have someone from our staff contact you. We want to make certain you come to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yesterday, October 30th, was Reformation Day. We celebrated Reformation Day because in 1517, the German monk Martin Luther went to the church, Wittendorf church door and nailed his 95 theses that began the Protestant Reformation. And so today, if you want faith, celebrate us being from protesting, having our liberty, you want to step to the back. Is there one? Or if you say, hey, I want to unite with Impact Church. If that is you, step to the back. Is there one? Is there one? Or if you say, I just want prayer, step to the back of the church. Is there one this morning? Is there one? Our Lord is here. He's more than able. Is there one? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hey, if you're a first-time guest at Impact Church, this is your first time visiting with us, we want to say thank you so much for your presence. Hey, would you please, first-time guest, step to the aisle or step to the back. We have a gift for you. We want to spend just a moment with you out in the foyer. Just step to the aisle and step to the back. First-time guest, thank you so much for being here. We're delighted you came to fellowship with our Impact Church family. Also, if you're watching the live stream, click the link. We want to make sure we connect with you as well. We will reach out to you, so please fill out the, the link, and, and we will have someone call you. We want to say thank you so much for being here. Impact Church, as we close, don't forget... Every day we're on our prayer line, 6.55 p.m., call in. You can be a part of our prayer line. We want to pray for you, and we want to praise with you. So please send in your prayer request to prayer and the number one at myimpactchurch.org. All of that is available on our website. Please download our app so you can stay connected. We want to make sure we connect with you and helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget prayer at 6 o'clock on Tuesdays. Bible study at 7. We would love for you to be a part of it. 6.45 is the day we do the prayer call on Tuesday because of we are praying here in person. We would love for you to be a part of the impact. Again, thank you so much for being here. Let us close in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for how you do all things well. And I thank you for all the sheep of your pasture. Lord, sustain, keep us, and watch over us. Lord, I pray for our country. Lord, I pray for as, as people going out to vote. Lord, that you would be with them on November 3rd. I pray for our country for peace, that we would live in a manner that brings glory and honor to you, that the Christian light would so shine bright in this dark and perverse world. And Lord God, that we would honor you even in our voting. And so we thank you, we love you, and we ask it all in the mighty majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Have a blessed day, Lord, and thank you for your presence.